there were some calls that went into the wrong direction today. For sure. Hey there, hey there, G Mac. You see that uh, I've got Jonas with me, centered in the middle position. I need to move him over to oh, the side. Touched on Osborne. Woohoo! We got touchdown Osborne coming up. I am behind. I am watching via um, my normal Sunday ticket this week. So that's why I love Jonas. He has no delay whatsoever. That's actually going to be an interesting decision. You have about two forty on the on the game clock, right? And um, nice you catch. basically ha have. Uh, 250 on the game clock actually. Oh, they're gonna kick the extra. Oh, that's weird. I why that's weird. Oh, we still need a touchdown and a two point conversion. If they miss the if they go for eight and miss it, then it's two scores still. Yeah, of course. But in that case, you basically, I mean, it's game over then, but you, in that case, do have the ability to play uh, based on that. If you go for two on the second try, which you have to, on the second touchdown, if it happens and you mm -hmm. have to do it, then you don't have any time to react to it. So I would have liked them to go for two on this one. And I'm very interested to see if they go onside kick or if they try to, or if they let the defense on the field and uh, try to stall them there. Because usually I think most teams would just kick it off and then uh, let the defense try to do their their work. But at this point, the way the defense has played, they got to do an onside kick, in my opinion. Yeah. There is a hands team on the field. Oh, yeah, that's that looks like an onside kick. And they are doing just that, and the Lions recover. I want to know of the... Folks watching, can you hear us? Not seeing a lot of action. We're all glued to the TV, but it looks like a little pause and play while they get ready for the onside kick. And we're looking, we're watching. I'm behind, so you could tell us how this turns out. Blink, bouncy, bouncy. The Lions recovered it. Damn it. <clears throat> Lions ball on the 50. Yeah. Cheers, everybody. But I like their decision to go for the onside kick because uh, that defense isn't stopping anyone today. I don't. So it was the right decision to try that. Well, need a pick six turnover or something. Right yeah. now. It's the only way. Okay, so run through the middle, stop for one or one and a half, I don't know, but very short gain. It wouldn't surprise me if they actually go play action on the second down. Actually, O'Connell is actually letting the clock run at this point. Because they only have two timeouts right now, they already used one, so 
-hmm. He's gonna let the clock wind down. He maybe want to save it for that. I don't know. Yeah. Ah. Uh, third. Okay. Second. Another. Watch them get the first down. They actually now probably if they stop them on this play. They will have one timeout left for the last drive because uh, there's the two-minute warning right now. Right. So the clock is stopped, and it's third and six, I think. Third and seven, I think. Let's see. We've got two-minute warning, third. Oh, where is it? Third and six, third and seven, somewhere in there. Yes, Mary Skoll. Yes, defense was awful today. Awful, depressing. Dalton, KOC, and Donatell are trash. I'm not so sure about KOC. There's a bunch of good pass plays that were called. I can't stand the runs that only go a uh, um, little bit here and a little bit there and what, averaging like two yards maybe if we're lucky? I don't even think it's that big. But at defense and at Donatel today, just trash. Absolute trash. They got to rebuild this coverage unit. I don't, like, I know everybody is trashing Donatel again, but there's nobody, nobody back there who can cover. And at some point... If Donatel blitzes, they convert because they can cover. If Donatel doesn't blitz, they convert because they can cover. At some point, it's not the coordinator. At some point, it's just the personal. It's just the guys who can't do what they are supposed to do. There are so many uh, mistakes that were made again today, um, starting with the opening uh, touchdown yes, where man. you have where you have uh, Bynum cheating to the wrong side. Um, like, there's a lot of stuff that just goes wrong where it's really hard to put it on the coordinator at some point because uh, right. even... Harrison Smith. Even, yeah, of course. But even best coordinators at some point uh, can deal with certain... Uh, personal because at some point you'll always give up some favorable matchups if you don't have the personal to uh, to counter that and if there is basically no way to create favorable matchups there's nothing really the coordinator can do mm -hmm. I see our brother oh. Jason has joined us with that we're going to roll in we're inside two minutes. Win or lose. Join us on Climbing the Pockets, the final score.
And we're back, and everybody's saying, hey, Dagger's already in there. Uh, Jonas talking about it. Detroit seems to have won this game. There's still time left on the clock, but... They, they threw a pass to Penny Sewell, which I think game eligible. Yep. Jason, my buddy, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. Like... This sort of thing, I mean, you know, I know that, you know, Vikings Twitter and Reddit and Facebook groups have been all abuzz. Jonathan wrote an awesome piece about, you know, fighting back against the narrative of the Vikings being frauds. And the Vikings aren't frauds. They're a good team. They maybe aren't a great team. But, like, we've had tremendous luck in close games all season. I mean, if we're being honest, like, we could have lost the other game to this team as well, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's just kind of evening out. Um, we were missing some key starters, so I don't think it's any reason to kind of go crazy or anything like that. Uh, the team is still in great position heading into the playoffs. We're getting some guys healthy. Um, so yeah, we lost the game. The offense still played well. The defense we knew was going to be like this a lot of the season. Um, and if we're not opportunistic on defense, it's going to be tough. And without Harrison Smith, it's a little bit harder to be opportunistic on defense. So um, a little bit. Yeah, looks like a lot. <laughs> so yeah, it sucks that they lost, but um, I don't know. It doesn't feel as gut wrenching as uh as other losses this season or losses in previous seasons. The Lions are playing well, so you know, like it's not the lowly li- the Lions of old. Like they're playing well right now. So I uh yeah, we lost the game to a team that's playing good football. You know, dust it off, keep pushing towards the playoffs, getting healthy, and uh. See what next week brings, and hopefully we clinch the division then. Well, we play the Colts, so that uh, I'm not saying should be a, a sure thing because there's no such thing as a sure thing. But uh, hey, my buddy Ted Glover said, "Hey, this is a get well defense that we're playing today." Well, Ted, you blew that one. Um. <laughs> Obviously not. They have played well. They blitzed well today. Got to give them that. So, um, yeah. Clifford KOC got a little cute. I, I'm okay with a little cute because it pays off generally later. Um, GMAC, which means we are playing good football. We didn't play great football today. Pass game was oh, yeah. decent. But yeah, we, we played we played okay, but we played similarly to the way we played in wins, and everyone was happy about it when we well, won. Well, yeah, but so like resulting games on those today, our running game was just trash. Yeah, we have a grand total of seventeen attempts carries for twenty two yards. That's horrible. Yeah, I could run better. But are we really going to say? But are we going to say the running games while we lost the game? No, I mean, no, no, really, no. Oh, the, there's plenty with of the reasons. flow of how this game, there's the flow of, of how this game went. It wasn't the running game that lost us this game. Like, yeah, we couldn't get Dalvin going, but like, it's not what we lost. The Lions just put up points on our well, defense. That's not well, great. and our defense would go, we couldn't keep up. <laughs> hold them, hold them. You know, third and long, first down, and then bang, and then bang, and then bang, and then bang, and our defense. Being shy, Harrison Smith, it obviously showed, whether it be with Bynum early um, or later. Metellus was playing well. It's just 
still not getting sacks like we want. We were getting some pressures, but not sacks. Uh, there was times when uh, our older linebackers looked old and slow. It's except for the one Hicks where he went diving through and got a tackle for a loss. It's just, hey, if people want to vent, let them vent. It's, I know you're taking that positive spin. Hey, we're 10 and 3. We've got it in a bag. It's going to take an awful lot for us to drop down to the three seed, much less, you know. All I'm saying is that this is just, all I'm saying is that this is who we've been all season. Like, we're not an elite football team. We're a good football team that's gotten some, I won't say lucky, because in some cases we've created our own luck, but things have gone our way for most of this season, right? So, like, the team hasn't been playing, like, dominant, blowing teams out all season long, and then, oh, my God, what happened in this game? Like, we've been winning a lot of coin flips, and, like, Mm -hmm. we've been fine with it when we were winning. Sometimes it goes the other way, and, like, I don't know. It's not. I don't feel like they got embarrassed in this game. They just lost a game to a division rival who's playing well. You know, it sucks. But it, I mean, it's the Lions. So, like, I'm not that mad about it. If it was the Packers or Bears, like, I'd be pissed. But it's the Lions. Like, okay, they got one on us. They haven't won the division since like the early '90s. Like, right? Know. It used to I, be once every Lions. ten years, and it's dropped about once every twenty. It's the All Lions. Like, is Ed's <laughs> scheme terrible? Or lack of talent. No. We just don't, don't have the we don't have talent. the players. We don't have the players, man. Well, we don't I have mean, the cover guys to play an aggressive style of defense. We don't. But DJ I think we have quality enough Cam guys that can play it. And Cam Dantzler. Who has the speed to line up and match up one-on-one with anyone going on a vertical route on this team by themselves? We don't have those guys. We don't have lockdown corner like cover corners so like ed donatel is playing the the cards he was dealt like last year we were crushing mike zimmer because the defense was terrible and last year we were saying the same things they don't have the players to play great coverage they still don't you know like and especially with harrison smith out like harrison smith at least gives you the option to disguise some things or maybe he can go in and get a beat on something like with josh metellus and cam bynum back there you're basically showing what you're going to run pre-snap. And Jared Goff today was processing quickly, picking up on what was going on and making the right decisions with the football, especially on third down, right? So, uh, yeah, we're not a great defense. We need to get turnovers. If we don't get turnovers, it's probably going to be a, a long day for us because we can't stop people <laughs> because we're not great on defense. But it's not because they're playing bad. They're just not good enough. You know, <laughs> like, well, as Barry says, it looks do. like the Lions – wanted this one more i mean they did i mean you know oh yeah they were, they were going for, for this it game. they were going for the win you know the the special teams play like they were playing like a team that really needed this and we came into the game playing like a team that didn't you know we had some guys who were iffy and we just didn't play them because we didn't need this one so mm-hmm. i don't know it uh, sucks but like we're 10 and 3 <laughs> g lee asks how did uh dancer pl- Dantzler play. Um, he was okay. He missed some stuff. He was in and out all day. He had three total tackles, two solos. Nothing. I don't think he gave had up, any pass defenses. One tackle. Gave up a touchdown in the run game. Gave up a yeah. touchdown in the passing game. You know. <laughs> Not. Nah. Um, so. Angela, well, the shell defense is a liability. 
Um, Steve says Quasi needs to focus on defense and O line off the next season. I'm not so sure about the O line. I'm cool with the O line. Who they are. Now, we may have a question at center if we bring back Bradbury or not. But uh, I don't know that we can. Final. I don't know that we can invest any more in the O line in the early rounds, given you know how much we've invested there over the past few years. I think the well, we O line first and second rounders set. from left side to right side across the board. Uh, and Bradbury's played better. You're not going to want to pay him what he's going to want, but. And he definitely hasn't earned it. He's only done it in one year. So, And there's the little trick plays that are going nowhere. Yeah, it's, it's over. It's official. It's over. Game's over. Vikings lose. Vikings lose to Detroit. Detroit wins. Jonas, what's your overall thoughts? I mean, it's not surprising today. Um, I think... Even if they had all the starters, this is one of the games where you would expect a tough game. The Lions are kind of on a roll right now, and their offense overall is pretty good. Their offensive line is very good. Their uh, their set of weapons is very good. And um, they are also a team that specializes on using the middle of the field and that's where the Vikings coverage unit has been the worst all year. That's where they have been vulnerable all year. So that's the worst possible matchup because if the Vikings on defense want to win um, and stop opponents, they have to dominate the front. That's the only way this can work. And uh, they have to do it with four men because just like Jason said, they don't have the resources to let their coverage guys on an island. They just don't have the guys for that. So uh, like I said earlier, even if when they blitzed, they were beaten just as badly uh, because again, this coverage can't hold up and it doesn't matter if you bring pressure. Um, if your coverage guys are beat after one and a half seconds. It doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't matter if you blitz because the ball is going out quickly anyway. So um, it's it's not going to work. It's just a question um, if you are going to be beat slowly or if you are going to beat uh, to be beat more uh, more quickly because um, that's. All you can do at this point. This defense is not good enough to beat average to both average offenses. This is just not going to happen. Well, if if they play them at U.S. Bank, which we are going to play teams in U.S. Bank Stadium in the playoffs, there are teams that we can. G-Bank asked realistically, who can we beat in the playoffs? Well, it depends who we play. Obviously, most likely it's going to be in the first round, the wild card round. Somebody's going to come to us, the one that finishes last in the NFC, that seventh position. Roughly going to be a 500 or better, slightly better team. It depends which one. Can we beat them? Sure. Uh, the home crowd does a great job helping our defense. 
you know. But if it's like Dallas, and Dallas won't, Dallas will be the top wild card. It looks like going so far, but um, but say it's Tan. Well, it can't be Tampa Bay. They're going to win their division. Say it's Seattle. Could we beat Seattle? Yeah, I think we could beat Seattle. It, it, actually, just, things. I actually think Seattle would be the best possible matchup because the Seahawks are one of those teams who would probably lose in the trenches on both sides of, of the football field uh, against the Vikings. And uh, that's the one thing you can't do against the Vikings. If you want to beat the Vikings, you have to win the line of scrimmage at least at one uh, side of the ball. Uh, probably you have to do it in both sides. Um, today, That's what the Lions did. They won the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football. And uh, I think Seattle is one of those teams who would probably lose the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And therefore, I think they would be the perfect matchup for the Vikings. Because, yes, they have very good receivers who would obliterate our cornerbacks. But to be honest... Which of the playoff teams doesn't have receivers who would uh, blow away our coverage? The only way the Vikings can win is to dominate the line of scrimmage, and the Seahawks are one of those teams where this might work. Mm-hmm. And have a great day on offense. Of course. Our offense is going to have to carry us no matter what through the playoffs. Kirk's going yes, to have to have his best games. And, and he played well today. And he played well. I'm not, I'm not bad mouthing Kirk. You know, one of those few times I'm not. He played well. He's played better this season now, not statistically, but he's played better this season. Um, and he, we watched it today. He did what, Jason? He climbed the pocket. He did. He definitely today. did. It's what we needed. It's and what like, we yeah, needed. I and he did it. You know, he's doing like, again, like I hate like, you know, looking for silver linings and all that kind of stuff. But like Kirk played well. He did what he needed to. JJ went off. Uh, Adam Thielen, we remembered he was on the team. Hawkinson outside of a drop played pretty well. I mean, Dalvin Cook. I mean, the running game running game was terrible. They got a little cute down at the uh, the goal line. But, you know, it's we have to live with it. Like if we like Kevin O'Connell being aggressive and dialing up these different sorts of plays, Every now and again, they're not going to work, and we can't immediately flip to, oh, my God, they tried the non-conservative thing, and it didn't go well. I, I, like, we love, we love that they're playing it. aggressive. Yeah, and they're Johnny playing aggressive was open. all the time. It was – it just didn't work. It, Sometimes it's not going to work. But I'm not mad. Like Nick said, this game – Going into this game, the Vikings had a greater than 99% chance to win the division. And coming out of this game, the Vikings have a greater than 99% chance to win the division. Like, usually at this point of the year, we're talking about the draft. We're talking about the draft at this point in the season. Like, so, yeah. I can't be mad. And and Flip, uh, God bless him, on uh, Vikings hot takes this past Thursday. His first question is about... What position should we draft in the draft? And uh, Eric saying, draft? We still got over a month left of football. Why are we talking to draft? He goes, well, some team is already talking to draft and doing mock drafts. And it's like, uh, we're not, though. We can wait. And I think we've just discussed tonight where the weakness is. If, the, if Ed Donatel continues to be our defensive coordinator 
in the next year, which I don't see that changing as much as some people may want it, you're going to have to get better on that back end. And that's probably going to be where the Vikings target in the first round. So. Yeah, also, I think they going to have they are going to have some uh, personal turnover uh, overall on this defense. There are some contracts, some veteran contracts that just are going to be gone after this off season. Um, I think Kendricks might be one of the guys on the way out. I think uh, I don't know about uh, about Higgs, but there's a good chance he might be out um there are going to be a lot of players uh from the old system that are going to be out after this off season and i think we will see some mid-level free agent signings uh this year from teams that have run the uh vic fangio system uh over the last few years just to get some guys in who want to, uh, who know how to play the stuff that Ed Donalter is trying to play. Because, and this I think is something important, this is not the full version of what, uh, Ed, of what Ed Donatel is wanting to play. This is a live version he installed because the Vikings don't have the personnel to run what he wants to run. Um, the Vikings don't play a lot of pattern match coverage, which is a staple of uh, the Vic Fangio offense, uh, uh, of the Vic Fangio defense, uh, because they don't have the guys, they don't have uh, the com communication at this point to do that. They play a lot of spot, uh, a lot of spot zone because Uh, that's the only thing they can do at this point. And I think this is the most important thing to remember when people are going to be mad that Ed Donatel is entering next season. We haven't seen Ed Donatel's defense. This is not Ed Donatel's defense. This is a light version of his defense, which he installed because he can't do more with this group of players. And I think we're going to see a lot of turnover on the player side this off season because of that. But we want to see more this season because it's the defense he has, right? It's But the that's one the he's point, I guess. And, and in his basket, and he needs to improve. Maybe not everything so like, fits, and it doesn't. But let's try to modify that to what you have, play to those strengths, so you can maximize. But they are. The, but they, they are already are. doing we're, that. We we're the playing the results, was... not what's actually happening. Like Luke, actually, it's funny because this tweet just popped up right now. Like they tried to bring pressure, they tried zone blitzes today, they tried stunts. They're doing a lot of things. Jared Goff and the Lions OC, they were dialed in. Jared Goff was on the hot receiver almost every time we tried to bring pressure. Um, we just got like. Yeah, you need your court, your cover guys to hold up for at least a little bit so those guys can get home. And they can't, right? So, like, they work together. The pass rush helps coverage, but coverage also helps the pass rush. And if your coverage can't hold up and, like, they're hitting these crossers for eight yards every time you try to bring pressure because they're just running away from your corner who's not fast enough to keep up with them or you are able to scheme it up where you get DJ Chark running away from Eric Kendricks, like – 
they're trying. They were blitzing. They were stunting. They were doing all the things you would want them to do to try to bring pressure. Just we couldn't hold up in coverage for long enough for those things to get home because we don't have players. Like, it's not like Ed Donatel and Mike Zimmer both forgot how to call defenses. They just don't have the talent on defense. Like Zimmer last year was doing everything he could and the defense stunk. We didn't add anything to the defense except for Zedarius. Zedarius has shown up, but we got now we got Hunter playing out of position. He doesn't look like the same player playing out of a, you know, not playing out of a, a three-point stance. And so, like, we got Zedarius. He's playing well. Hunter seems to have regressed. We have no one who can cover. Our linebackers are another year older. Like, this isn't a good defense. So expecting them to be anything but a bad defense seems crazy. They're not good. They won't be good. The best we can hope for is opportunistic. That's the best we can hope for. Opportunistic and a dominating offense. That's got to be the key going into the playoffs. That's all we got. All right, let's go through the normal procedures. Highlights. Jonas, did you have a highlight in this game? The passing game. I don't want to single out anybody uh, there because... Thielen had a very good day. Osborne had a touchdown. Uh, Hawkinson, besides that drop, had a very good day. Jefferson, more than 200 yards. There doesn't need, I don't need to say anything about that. Uh, yes, Cousins got sacked four times, but otherwise I thought the protection was okay. Uh, backup line especially, especially if you consider that uh, 40% of our starting offensive line was out today. Um, all of that worked, and of course, Cousins had his best game of the season, no doubt. Um, yeah, it's the passing offense did everything they can to keep us in this game. They had this uh, fourth down stop that obviously uh hurt us, they had the Devin Cook fumble, Devin Cook. Uh, obviously, I'm getting ahead of myself, but uh, yeah, the passing game is not to blame for this game. The passing game, no matter which player you want to single out there, it showed up. And it, if they play, uh, if this passing game can play this well, uh, for the rest of the season, and uh, you know, you get at least one stop at some point on defense and Devin Cook doesn't do something stupid like he did today, this thing might might work. What's your highlight there, Jonas or Jason? I mean, Justin Jefferson. I mean, like, the, again, JJ. there's really... There's really no place to go other than the passing game. Like, the chemistry that Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson... Uh, have developed is something truly special. It's almost tough to call it chemistry. It just basically Kirk has to throw it like JJ's down there somewhere. And if he throws it in the vicinity, JJ is going to make the adjustment and come up with the big play. Um, yeah. And so I guess the, like, another reason to be hard is like the things that tend to be more predictive of future success, like they did, they looked good today. Like the passing game was good. Mm-hmm. You know, like the performance of our receivers was good like those things tend to be more consistent week over week than like defense which is up and down and yeah we played Kirk played well he got smacked around and he got up and he kept going he kept throwing kept trying to win um 
I mean, I think that that play with Dalvin trying to throw for touchdowns, we're going to burn that. That's that's not going to come back in there. Uh, but outside of like that, the play calling seemed pretty decent. Uh, the passing game, I think, is by far the highlight of this game. And I think the resilience of the team. Like, I think that just generally throughout the season, we've seen something different from this team. Like when they get down, heads aren't down. Guys are still right. playing hard. They're still in it. And so like if we're looking for a secondary highlight for me, it was that like, even when they went down two scores towards the end of the game, like you still felt like this team could come back. Whereas like in years past, they felt they could come back. They felt, they felt they could come back. And in years past at that point, we, we all of us have been well, like, we all right, down. well, let yeah. me go grab a beer and see what's coming <laughs> on for the, the second, <laughs> the, the second of the double headers today. So, yeah. Well, I think a highlight for me is that uh, obviously the passing game. I agree with that. JJ hundred percent getting everybody involved. But to me, it was the aggressiveness of Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, sometimes did it work? It worked quite a bit. Other times it didn't. We got a little too cute by a half on uh, the jump pass attempt to Munt that ended up in a fumble on a goal line by uh, Dalvin. That's. But I'd rather take that aggressiveness versus conservatism. That we, all slower, bitched, like said. <laughs> that we all bitched about for the last four years. Um, I'll take that. And if it occasionally fails, then it occasionally fails. And today we had the rare occasionally fail. We've played 13 games, everybody, right? So far this season, we've only lost three. That is a damn good result. And a lot of that and a lot of the whole attitude we just talked about, there isn't the slump shoulders. There isn't the bad body language on the sidelines. A lot of that comes from Kevin O'Connell, our head coach. So I can't beat that with a stick. Even today when you had Kirk Cousins battling through a lot of stuff, he was taking hits. He was still going, climbing the pocket. Right? We never used to see that. It's great. And that's all because of Kevin O'Connell. And that's where I give my highlight. Now, off to low lights. My, I'll start. Obviously, defense wasn't able to do it. I I wish they would. Low light, Jonas. We're all three going to go defense across the board. Oh, Can't go running no. game. Yeah, that's where I'm going. And uh, this is, I talked about the defense uh, having to have a personal turnover. There's another big contract that should go off the books after the season, and it's the contract of Delvin Cook. Like, even if he's playing at his best uh, because of the positional value, this wasn't a good contract, and he isn't playing at his best, and he hasn't been uh, for a couple of seasons now. And... uh, he never was a big factor in the passing game uh, besides the screen game in his whole career. And that's something that highly paid running back should be. And uh, even in the running game, he isn't doing uh, as much as you would expect him. And the thing is, and uh, that's one thing that kind of pisses me off uh, at this moment. Um, I'm, not sure uh, about the current number, but over the season, uh, for most of the time, Darren Cook has been one of the worst running backs based on uh, rushing 
on rushing yards over expected, which uh, next-gen stats track. Um, and also the Vikings offensive line per PFF is still one of the best run-blocking units and still uh, you don't see the running game. And at some point you have to go back and uh, look at David Cook Uh, who ha just hasn't been the same all season. He has popped that one long oh, run no, against uh, yeah. against the Bills, which got the Vikings back. But otherwise, Devin Cook hasn't been anything special. And if you pay a running back like this, you have to expect him to be uh, to be something special. So I really don't care if uh, the Vikings get any takers, any buyers on potential trade talks get this contract off the books no matter how uh, the Vikings can do so with with very little cap penalty and they can save like 10 million dollars I think uh, and there's really no point at this point to keep his uh, his contract on the book uh, especially when you look yeah especially if you look at this Uh, at this draft class coming up, especially if you look at this free agent class coming up, uh, you can pick up a solid running back off the streets for almost no investment and the Vikings can save about $10 million uh, by giving up a running back who hasn't played very well all season. And no, I've seen this in the comments again. I've seen it on Many tweets, no, Delvin Cook is not the key to this offense. He is not the key to this scheme. He is not the key to our play-action game. No. <laughs> Dalvin was minus uh, nine and a half uh, EPA today and negative uh, 0.63 uh, <laughs> expected points every time he touched the ball in the running game today. So... Uh, Yeah, I'm right there with you, John. <laughs> uh, Javon says, uh, Vikings trash, how can you lose to the Lions twice? We didn't. We won the first game. But, we like, split. it's fair. The Lions played us tough twice. Yeah. But they're, be they're better than their – All like, in like, their division games to say that it. way. But the Lions are also better than – like, they're playing better than their record. And so people, I think, just looked at the like their record and said, oh, this team is two games under 500. We're going to smack them. We didn't smack them the first time. We barely beat them the first time. Right. One could argue all, they outplayed us the first time. You all know? interdivision so, games. The Vikings can be great. The Lions can be trash. The Vikings can be not so great. And the Bears can be great, right? Or trash. Same with the, the team from Wisconsin. All interdivision games are always tough because they know each other. They know what how to push each other's buttons. It's like a it's you know like a relationship, long time relationship. You know what gets under each other's skin, and you know how all those little things to get the edges, and that's what they do. It always happens that way. Um, Freddie about uh, Kenny uh, Nwangu. I don't know what is up, why they don't give him more touches. The, the coaches obviously see something in practice versus not. Obviously, he's a good kick returner. If they ever kick him the ball, most teams have elected to blast it through the end zone so he doesn't get a chance. But 
there's got to be something there. But we do have the rookie that's off of IR that uh, should be good to replace Dalvin or Maddie or whoever next season if they let those guys, Maddie if they let him go, Dalvin if they do it to make money, um, they can step up and do that. The value of a running back nowadays is not what it used to be, and Dalvin's value is a little bit too high when he's not making what he did, you know, two, three years ago in a way of cuts and moves and stuff like that, even with a line that is offensive line that doesn't seem to get the, the open up the seams in the middle of the field. And why we keep running there, I don't know. Um, but it's just, it's interesting. Derek, I know you like, it's obvious you like Dalvin Cook. I like Dalvin Cook. But it's uh, when we start talking about next season, we're going to need some money. So, uh, and you're going to have to take a little bit here and a little bit there to get there. You can't pay everybody. And we're right. I think we're over the cap for next year, as as we said. So something's got to give. Um. So, yes, Dalvin got us back in the game a few weeks ago, but he didn't today, and that's and he hasn't every single game. So. Or most of the games. So, so that's where you get on that. Um, Derek, you're not coming on live. I'm not putting you on live. But um, just to let you know. But I understand your feelings for Dalvin. I, I'm just saying. It's just when we get into the offseason, we'll get in more of how the team should be formed. And we wish Dalvin. I wish Dalvin had a 100-yard game today. The result would be different. No, uh, probably not. <laughs> it could have been. Oh, that that could have been uh, it. Um. So, uh, if we let Cook go, do we keep Madison? Oh, that's another question because Madison's going to want to get paid. I These are offseason you know, questions. I we, don't think. <laughs> I don't think he's going to get paid. Look right. at look at the free agent class. He's not going to get paid with guys like Barkley. Um, on the market. And yes, Barkley might be franchise tech, but look at this free agent market. Um, he's not going to get paid. Well, but he's he's going to get paid more than we may want to pay him. Uh, same sure. situation with Bradbury. Bradbury's going to want more money and may get more money off of his play this season than what we'd want to pay him. I actually think if Bradbury signs for some kind of uh, Ben Jones deal, uh, deal that uh, the Rams got for their center last year. That's fine. I would be okay with, with that. I was figuring around six million is okay, but I yeah. figure he's going to want okay. twelve. Um, if he wants that, let him go. Uh, if they get him at uh at this, um, if if they get him there, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, by the way, um, I have been looking it up. Dalvin Cook, Cook on the season right now, I'm not sure if this game is factored in already, has minus 0 0.11 yards over expected uh, and, and, and per attempt. Clifford, yes. So, Coach David. Net, next, we should win. 
And, Do I get to get that, my low lights, David? That should do the division. I mean, yeah, go right I, ahead. What's your low light, I mean, Jason? Damn. Other than you're my not here light, with me drinking it's and doing this show together. It's true. It's true. That I mean, that's always going to be the low light moving forward. But <laughs> I think the middle quarters are my low light uh, for this team. And it probably been my low light for this team uh, all year. But it popped up again. The announcers talked about it today. And it's just weird. Like, we tend to start off well. And in the second and third quarters... It's like we forget to play football for a little bit. And then in the fourth quarter when we're down, it's like, oh, shit, like, let's go. And Kevin O'Connell and Kirk find it again. Luckily, Kirk played pretty, pretty consistently throughout this game. But just generally speaking, uh, yeah, we don't ha- we don't maintain. And I think that's kind of the up and downs, like the lack of consistency. The reason that this team is good and not elite is that we're not able to maintain that super high level through an entire game and just run teams out of the gym. We play up and down we let them back And those middle quarters tend to be where we really, really, really just like lose our edge for a little bit before finding it again in the fourth. And so um, if there's anything I would want the team to think about as we move forward is like, we like got on Zim and co all the time for not making adjustments at halftime or the type of adjustments that were being made. Um, we need to figure things out a little bit more quickly. Once the game gets going and we get off script, we need to to figure out what's happening to us before it's just like, okay, Kirk, go ball out in the fourth quarter and, and, right. and like win this game for us with Justin Jefferson. We need to tighten that up because we're going to play like, hell, we played the Lions today who I don't think anyone would consider a juggernaut, but they're a good offensive football team. And I Thank think you. against good offensive football teams, if we have those sorts of lulls, especially if we get like when we get to the playoffs and play teams that have good passing attacks, um, by the time we figure it out, it could be too late. Like again, Kirk played great today, but it just wasn't enough because we didn't keep up all game, you know. And once they got out by a two score margin, it was just tough. We were just playing catch up for the rest of the game. So it's figuring out those adjustments, like finding those edges. Like the Lions today, like we all, they could feel it. Like they were playing to win that game, the fake punt deep in their own territory. Like they were looking to find edges everywhere they could in that game. The Vikings, knowing who they are, were not going to beat most teams, most great teams, most good teams, just lining up and trying to beat them in a straight up game. We got to find those edges. And I think we need to start to find them in the middle part of that of the game because season to date, we just haven't been great. And this was another. Uh, area where like we got kind of lucky going into half again because the Lions could have kicked the field goal there and extended that lead they just missed it right like right. we and, were supposed but to if we were supposed we to tie scored, that game it would have been tied yeah. and then we would gotten the ball yeah. back at the beginning and if, yeah. you, if you control that middle eight the fo- last four minutes yep. and a half the first four it puts you yep. at like a 90 percentile win and and if you watched I'm sitting there watching ESPN's game tracker all day and they have the win probability and most of the day or most of the first half the vikings were on the plus side of probability to win even when they were behind by a touchdown but as soon as they blew that and uh didn't get that uh touchdown close to the end of the half it started and then it stayed with the lions the rest of the way it's uh, also also um this is kind of the reason why I don't hate this uh, this jump pass call because um, it's uh, it's one of the things that they try to get this edge. 
because they didn't have a running game. The Lions were biting very aggressively on the running game. And then to counter this with this jump pass isn't isn't a bad idea, to be honest. Um, and See, that's where I like, like that aggressiveness, also, even if it fails. Yeah. Also, uh, and it's what Jason said. Uh, you could also say that the Lions got cute when they called that uh, that fake pun deep in their own territory. It's like we know how uh, how Campbell probably would have been roasted for it if it had failed. And at this point, um, yes, of course, you can say, yeah, on first down, let's run that one. But the running game hasn't been there all day. And, uh, and at some point, you also have to uh, have to keep the players accountable for their mistakes. Delvin Cook wasn't, uh, wasn't able to hold on the football. I don't care what the fuck what the call is. You have to hold on the. We football. curse the same way in German <laughs> as we do in English. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, Jonas. You have. You just have to. Uh, you just have to execute this stuff. And if this stuff goes wrong, you at least have to keep the football and. Uh, At some point, you have to keep the play. You have to hold the players accountable for this stuff, and um, you can't always say, "Oh, yeah, you don't have to call this stuff because it can be disastrous." At some point, just uh, let the players execute, and if they executed poorly, you have to criticize them for that uh, instead of just saying. Uh, it was a bad call. And it's the same thing on defense. Everybody on this defense is going off on the coordinator. Why aren't we criticizing the players for it? I haven't seen uh, the Vikings fan base criticize certain players for this defense all season. I haven't seen guys criticizing Hicks that much. I haven't seen them uh, criticizing uh, Eric Kendricks a lot. And... Why? It's because in our it in our hearts we know they're not that good, and that's like the the catch twenty two is like we know those players aren't that good. It's just easy to say like the you know DC should just like snap his fingers, call the perfect play, and they're all going to work. But the reality is every time they tried to do something different than just sitting in a shell, they got cut up. Like all those third down conversions that you're mad about, we weren't just sitting back. Jared Goff was throwing into tight windows. And we were trying to do things. They just weren't good enough to make the place. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, it is what it is. You know, we need to load up on defense for this team to go anywhere. Like, no, let me not say that. It's the NFL. Any given Sunday, the best team doesn't win the Super Bowl every year. You Correct. just got to get in there and get hot at the right time. Correct. Because it's a one game playoff. And so the Vikings have the ability, because we can score, to play with anyone in the NFL if, Kirk if a few bounces go Manning, in our way. Right? A few or bounces have to go our way. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. We need a few things to go our way in those games, and we can play with anyone in the league. But to think that we're going to line up mano and mano with the elite teams in the NFL and just run them off the field, no, we're not that team. We still need... There's a reason that like Rick and Zim aren't here. It's because the play the teams weren't that good. 
right? Like there's a reason that we have a whole new front office, a new coach, like the team wasn't good. And so we're outperforming expectations, but we're still not elite. And sometimes those cracks show up and, you know, we get mad when people call us frauds. We're not frauds. We're a good team, but good teams lose in the NFL because the NFL is a week to week league and shit happens. Mm -hmm. I want to hit because we're in a question situation. Steve asks, is it easier to replace the DC uh, Donatel versus the players? And I would answer that. Obviously the answer is yes, but it is, is that the correct answer when we know the Fangio system works against the high flying offenses when it is properly staffed and works. And I think also, if, you, if you give it that. Also, you'd have this year all over again because you'd waste again. It. You, you would have a new defense, uh, a new defensive system uh, installed in an off season. We had that on offense uh, all the, all those years under Zimmer where we had to install new offensive systems every year. And uh, on defense, it's the same thing. You have to uh, you have to uh, install new defenses, new rules, new playbook uh, with players who aren't used to that, and players who also aren't very good. So it's just it would be a different failure, but it would be a failure. Yep. Um. T. Kubler's hot on Kwesi's, uh side of where's his genius pick. You can't judge a draft class in the first year. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work that way. Do you hope that you get contributors? Yes. Would uh, Seen going out with a broken leg, do you wish he was healthy and playing? Yes. Right? Um, do you hope everybody else is playing well? Yes. Ed Ingram's won the starting job, and he is improving week by week. He's going through his lumps, but he's improving week by the week. Last two weeks, not including today, he only gave up one pressure per game. I didn't hear his name once today. Right? So it's it, it getting a draft class and hoping that you get five starters out of it and they all are all pros is unrealistic. That does not happen. You've got to wait especially in that first year. You've got to wait a few years down the road. Do they fit what we want? Does Asamoa fit the Donatel defense? I think he fits the Donatel defense better than Hicks does, right, for most of the part because he has the speed and he has the closing ability. That is how you evaluate it further down the road. I thought I've always thought of this season as, a transition season. If we make the playoffs, great. If we don't, we don't, you know, but we've played so well. It's like, this is frosting gravy. And we've come to expect more than that with our start, the 10 and two start now 10 and three today, we sort of built up the expectations that the Vikings should be playing in the NFC championship. Could they be very well? They very much well can be. It depends how the chips fall, who plays who, who's got home field advantage, do we have to travel. All that stuff plays into a factor. But you can't say that his defense or his draft class was bad because his first rounder had his leg broken. I'm sorry. Also, it just doesn't work that way. That's fluke. Also keep in mind. I think – 
Andrew Booth is the only pick that I think is is open because like that was clearly a gamble on talent for a guy who consistently had injury injury problems. throughout. Yeah. So like that's a pick that you know you could say that pick maybe could have been you know a George Pickens or or, or something like that. But that's really the only one in the draft where like you're looking at the player that was selected and you're like, I don't know. At the time, it was, nobody was like these players like how like. They, we picked talented people. Seen got injured. Booth got injured. Maybe Booth you could have seen coming. A guy breaking his leg, you know, you don't see that coming. Ingram is growing into the role. Asamoah starting to play more snaps. Uh, hell, Evans has even played some snaps until, you know, he got his mm-hmm. third concussion and was shut down. So, like, you're getting contributions from the draft class. But, like, no, it's not 2015. But to right. expect that every draft class is 2015 is also nuts. Um but also we need to give it time to so like if if none of these guys are contributing by the end of next season then yes we will be back we'll be lighting them up saying that the draft was awful um but like dudes getting hurt i don't know like it's you know it's football people get hurt also keep in mind that this was still mainly spearman scouting stuff uh uh, working on this draft class because uh, they only changed it, true. changed it afterwards because it was uh, right in the middle of the process and you usually don't switch out the scouting stuffs uh, right in the middle of the draft process and therefore it's hard to even judge uh, Crazy Adolfo Mensa on this draft uh based on the players he picked because it was still the scouting stuff that was with the old regime. So uh, the first thing we, uh, the first actual actual draft class from uh, crazy stuff is going to be next year's. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I agree with you. So, um, and Rick's picks 2015 we were just marked. we were not on the air in the first years so no. that is a but, uh, non-factual statement my friend uh and we this podcast didn't exist <laughs> um, yeah we we've been a fan of rick the only thing we've ever criticized rick for on the show was uh drafting for need early and pigeonholing picks uh but generally speaking he made up for it in the middle round so like his drafts tended to wa- work out in in a wash but Rick wasn't terrible. He just Except you could we could all tell who he mm-hmm. we could all tell what he was gonna pick, you know, but before when the he was gonna pick because it. <laughs> the glaring need was always gonna be the pick. But Rick was fine at his job. And we weren't on the air when he started. So unless you're Rick's cousin or maybe Rick has hopped on to yell at us, you got the wrong show. It's not us. We got no beef with Rick. And Quasey, we well, will give him time. I had a beef with Rick the last couple years, but it's generally speaking. Yeah, he, he was generally fine. speaking, he was fine. He he was a good GM. When uh Darren Campbell, my partner on Saturdays on Two O Bloggers, he and I did a deep dive into Rick's draft process. Um back put out a big huge PDF on it. We compared him to other GMs and stuff like that. He's a top third GM when it comes to drafting. That's that's the way the numbers worked out. So it's not that Rick was bad. He's bad at quarterbacks um for the most part he wasn't the one that selected teddy but teddy was the big you know the big question mark teddy looked great and then of course the knee blew up so and then teddy hasn't been the same since but you know it's just 
it's just that way. So Quasi coming in using Rick's staff to judge this draft. We're going to have to wait. First off, we're going to have to wait because of what's happened to this class. And secondly, we're going to have to wait to see what happens next year. How does he address it, especially when he's only got four picks? Expect some trade downs to get more picks because four isn't a whole lot. So it's a, it's going to be interesting to do that. Jonas, do you have anything going on this week in Germany that you want to hype? Um, not at the moment, to be honest. Um, I'm. I will. Uh, I will need a couple more days to adjust to the rhythm here. Uh, Getting back to seeing the game last yeah, week the, in Minnesota. The, the last few days I have been up until like 3 a.m. because I just couldn't sleep uh, at that point. Um, yeah, but I'm get, I'm getting used to it again. Um, I'm I also have to uh, to start to work out again because I didn't do anything during my time uh, overseas. So I also have to have to do that. But yeah, otherwise I'll see uh, what's coming up this week. And um, yeah, if if some something happens, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be uh, on Twitter and uh, sharing it. Good. Jason, what's happening at the jujitsu studio that you own now? <laughs> uh, no, this is a fun week for us. We are sponsoring a family for the holidays. So kind of our cool. big thing this week is we will be dropping off all of the, the presents um, that we've collected from our community. And we'll be dropping that off for uh, three three young boys. Uh, we'll be getting uh, the surprise of... Uh, the surprise at Christmas because they're getting some things that even weren't on the list. Some folks really came through with some some big time some big time presents for uh, for the family. Um, and yeah, Is and then anyone else get the uh, JJ we'll jerseys? Well. No jerseys, no jerseys. But uh, they might be able to, to just as a as a teaser. They if they might be able to, to to play some games that has JJ on them on the TV based on some of the things that are going to be coming their way from uh, from the community. So that's kind of our our big highlight this week. Is uh, we get to do that, which is going to be a lot of fun. That's awesome. Hey, it's that time of year, folks. Uh, like this weekend, I've listened to Christmas music. I've dug out my grandfather's Four Roses eggnog recipe. I am ready to go in and be happy. Are we happy today with today's results? Nah. But are we going to get it next week? Yeah, you betcha. So that's the way it is. Tomorrow, on Monday, we have the real Forno. And I'm sure Tyler is going to be hot and heavy into this game, just like we were. Tuesday, we don't no longer have a show on Tuesday. Wednesday, we have Vikings Happy Hour. Hopefully, since they didn't have it at Lake Monster Brewing last week, they'll have it this week at Lake Monster Brewing. Thursday, we have Viking Hot Takes with the great Flip Muzzy and Eric Thompson of the Daily Norseman as they go at it and they look at that uh, game against the Colts. They will be the pregame show for the Colts because Saturday there will be new, no two old bloggers. There'll be this show again, the final score, because we have a football game. And then most likely Darren and I will do the 24 hours after look at that game. And as we will be recovering from our hangovers or keeping the prime going because we just won the NFC North. 
That is what's coming up on Climbing the Pocket. We appreciate you coming and viewing and sharing time with us. You mean the world to us. As always, tell your friends about us. Like, subscribe, bring the bell, rate us on a podcast deal. I had a little mistake yesterday on yesterday's podcast. There's a little blank area at the beginning. You get past that. It's fine. Um, it's, it's us. And uh, we appreciate you. We call you family. We love you. Happy holidays. Stay safe. And what do we say, guys? Skull. Skull Vikings. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, the Daily Norsemen, where the best Vikings content can be found. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. This has been a Climbing the Pocket and SB Nation's Daily Norseman broadcast. Skull, everybody.